This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. I'm surprised there wasn't more booze. I mean, yeah, I just... Uh, I am. Any thoughts? I, I mean, I heard a nice question earlier. Thoughts for the fans in, in terms of, like, assuring them? I guess, I mean, well, listen, we're, we're a good team. We're still fighting for first place. Right we're, now, we're, we've got to turn this around. Clearly, we've got to get that game on Monday night. We get the game on Monday night, we'll be okay. But regardless of the outcome of that game on Monday night, man, we need a 60-minute effort. Just it's always what so all the fans want to see is a 60-minute effort. The wins and losses will take care of itself if you take care of the effort and you take care of the process. That'll take care of itself. Right now, the process isn't good enough and the effort's not good enough. And that's all our fans want to see. So they're justified to boo us. That was head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus. After the game, the boos justified. Well, if you were listening to us on Friday, I, I happen to agree with Bones. There was a, a conversation going on during the start in terms of, you know, should you boo? Should you not boo? I, I'm not a pro booer. I, I'm I'm certainly not a pro booer. I don't participate in it. Um, but if there's fans that want to spend their hard-earned dollars and they see efforts like they saw on Saturday, like they saw against Buffalo on Thursday, it is well within their rights uh, to let the team hear about it. One hundred percent. And you know, and I heard this earlier today too, as well, uh, about. You know, oh, you're there to support the team. You're there to cheer them on and, and, and give them your unrelenting support. Well, well, yeah. But when you have another power play that ends up exactly uh, like it did on Saturday and it's just consistent feckless efforts and turnovers and stuff like that, you're well within your right to let the team know that the way that they're playing is unacceptable. And you spent a lot of money on this ticket and yeah, I'm here to support you and watch the team like that. But I also came here, more importantly, to watch good hockey. That's what I'm spending the money on. If I want to, you know, cheer cheer on a team and, you know, head on down to Gateway Community Center and and, and cheer on the kids out there. If you if, you, if that's all you want to do is cheer, then do that. You know what I mean? Anyways, we'll hear more from uh, Rick Bonus as it as it goes on. If you want to text the show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Yeah, the effort, not good enough. Not good enough. Text the show, 204-780-6868. You're wondering where Jim Toth is. Jim Toth is out today. Uh, Kathy Kennedy, KK, is going to be in for him until 1, until 3. We'll see if this will continue throughout the week. Uh, But for right now, uh, I am flying solo. Now, the biggest uh, hockey news story... Of course, uh, here in Winnipeg, uh, the Golden Jet has passed away. Bobby Hall, uh, 84 years old. And joining me to discuss that is former NHLer and uh, brief teammate Jordy Douglas. Uh, hey, Jordy, uh, thanks for doing this. Well, uh, you're, you're welcome. It's always uh, it's a sad day when we uh, have to you know, uh, talk about those that, ha- that we're leaving or have left us now and Bobby being... Uh, so important to Winnipeg and the and the and the fans and and the province. It's uh, yeah, it's a sad day for us here in Manitoba for sure. If not the whole hockey world. You were teammates with him in Hartford. I know he was dealing with injuries and, and stuff like that. But what was that experience like? Well, you know, I was kind of fortunate. I I got to meet Bobby in the late seventies. He tried to get me to come to the Jets of the WHA when I was still with the Flin Flon Bombers. And then uh, lo and behold, 
after I go to New England, then it becomes Hartford. He ends up in Hartford. We did have a bit of a laugh af- uh, over that, but the reality is uh, he, he, he just meant so much to so many of us that uh, grew up here in Winnipeg and Manitoba watching the WHA. I mean, um, we can all debate the, the character of the man, but what he did what he did in 1972, uh, along with a, a number of other ex-NHL players, to just make that step, that leap of faith into the, into the WHA, it changed the whole landscape of hockey. Um, we can all debate whether we'd, we'd have an NHL team today mm. if it wasn't for players like Bobby Hull. But what, what a lot of players and fans don't know is that Bobby went to court. He went to trial, if you will, over what was known as the reserve clause, and it changed the whole landscape of how players could could move around in hockey. They could not before Bobby went to court, and it was just a monumentous thing that he did and, and those that went with him, and I don't know if he ever gets the recognition he deserves and those those guys get the recognition they deserve for what they did in 1972. As a player, what was Bobby like in his heyday when you first met him in the 70s? <laughs> well, he, you know... I, I used to sneak in the arena. I tell the story all the time because I wanted to watch Bobby Ophan Anders. I mean, they were fabulous, fabulous uh, guys to watch and emulate, and they were just so far ahead of the game. The game is like that now as we know today, per se, but they were so much fun to watch. And, and, and you know, we all know the shot that Bobby Hull had, and everybody, you know, the stories of goalies stepping out of the way, if you will, so they wouldn't get hit let alone make the save. And, you know, it was just, it was just a, 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 well, he was the golden jet in a golden era, really. And, and it was just, as a kid, it was so much fun and, and to be around all that. And it was so innocent in that we could get in and watch this on a regular basis. It was, it was pretty impactful. And, you know, this is, and I'll tell you, there are, there were guys that were just, and still likely are today, just naturals. You know, Gordy Howe was natural. Bobby Hull, natural. I would even say Dustin Bufflin, you know, a natural. Just, they're just not normal. And, and everybody else, or so many others, we had to work hard at being in shape. And, and some guys, and, and Bobby was one of them, it was just, he was just a specimen. Big, strong, fast, mean. He just was a total package uh, in, his, in his heyday. But garnered a ton of respect because of uh because of his game for sure i mean you also spoke about um about his uh, you know him going to court and for you know after signing the contract for uh 1.75 million dollars to play for the winnipeg jets million dollar signing bonus he did that right on portage in maine i mean that was a spectacle um another rule that he brought in the bobby hall rule in terms of the uh references the banana blades i mean that was something else too eh well, 100%. You think about I mean, I played with Dave Keon. Dave Keon was on the uh, team when Gore, Bobby Holland and Gordy Howe, we played together in Hartford. Dave Keon never had a curve. He had a, quote-unquote, a neutral stick. Neutral. And then you put Bobby Hulls next to it, it looked like a paddle. You know, you could, you could race a canoe with it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and it was, it, that was just, you know, the, the evolution of the game. I mean, you know, the, the difference would be like a, a, goalies were stand-up goalies, and now they're not. And, you know, that's just how the game evolved. But I, I would always, I've always said Bobby Hull at least knew where the puck was primarily going. His brother Dennis was even more dangerous. He had a bigger curve and had no idea where it was going. <laughs> <laughs> This is a famous story my dad always told me about um, in terms of, of 
you know, the, the Winnipeg Jets back in the day, the WHA Winnipeg Jets, they, they beat the Red Army when it came through. Um, yeah. and, and it was a situation where they, um, and, and the Red Army had, had beaten the Habs, but they lost to the WHA's Winnipeg Jets. Um, right. the, the Habs kind of ducked the Jets back in those days. They wouldn't play them in, in exhibition matches or anything like that. This is just kind of out of the ordinary, but with the hotline and, and Bobby Hall, and you think the, the Jets could have beat the, the Habs? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's part of what, you know, makes life so entertaining. We can, we can debate that till all of us are gone. But, but you know, remember back, back when the Stanley Cup originally started, it was a challenge cup. Mm-hmm. It was a challenge cup, and then it became exclusive to, exclusive to the NHL. But the Winnipeg Jets did challenge Montreal after they won the cup, and they wouldn't accept the challenge. So at least that's the story I heard. So, you know, you, you look at it, the premise of it being a challenge cup, they should have taken up the Jets, but those, the, the WHA, they were a thorn in the NHL side. They wanted the WHA to go away so badly, they ended up having to merge four teams, as we all know, in the late 70s. But the reality was that was not good for NHL business back then, and, and the, players were, the players benefited. Again, the, the reserve clause historically kept players literally in uh, locked to a team in perpetuity even after they retired and and when bobby went to the wha that broke that reserve clause and it started to allow players not only to move between leagues and between teams but it i would argue it actually helped influence how free agents free agency exists today former nhler uh jordy douglas uh joining us now jordy really appreciate the time uh, you take care okay thank you so much for this yeah sorry to hear all this Thanks for your time. Yeah, if you want to tell uh, a Bobby Hall story, text the show 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. I have a couple of those. Uh, hopefully we'll have some time at the end of the show to, to kind of share those. Um, you know, I, I believe that Winnipeg would not be an NHL ta- uh, town without Bobby Hall. And, and, I, and I believe that to be true. true. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you how you need to remember Bobby Hall, um, what you need to think about Bobby Hall, um, I, I, I'm just not going to wade into that territory. Um, you know, I, 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 this is, and this is just how I look at the situation is I love movies. I love film. And, uh, sometimes I need to constantly, uh, separate the art from the art- artist. Uh, if that makes any sense, uh, Hollywood is an absolute cesspool. Um, I don't think this is anything new I'm telling to anybody. Um, so did he change the game? Yes. Were players able to leave teams because of Bobby Hall? Yes. Uh, players earned what they're worth in terms of salary. That's a good thing as well. Uh, curve sticks. I mean, that's increased the offense. That's been a good thing. So he's had a great impact on the game. And and I also believe it to be true that the NH, that Winnipeg would not be an NHL town without Bobby Hall and him signing that big one on, on um, Portage in Maine and that big contract, $1.75 million over 10 years is $1 million signing bonus. And all that sort of thing. So uh, the Golden Jet passes away at the age of 84. The Winnipeg Jets are going to be in action tonight. 5 o'clock puck drop. I mean, uh, 5 o'clock pregame show right here on 680 CJOB. Puck drop at 7. The St. Louis Blues in town taking on the Winnipeg Jets. This is one of those games the Winnipeg Jets got to find a way to get a win. We'll come back. The Boston Pizza Sports Desk uh, is next. Uh, the Bombers, uh, a former Bomber. Uh, landing with the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'll, I'll tell you who that is after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.
Yeah, I got a bunch of stories here coming in um, from about Bobby Hall. We'll get to them here. Hi, my name is Dan. True story from Bobby Hall. I'm 61 years of age. When I was eight years old, I went to uh, an AFCO Jets game with a friend. And after the game, we were standing at a bus stop on Portage Avenue uh, to cross from the old barn where the A&W is. And after the game, we went downstairs and got autographs. And then when we were standing at the bus stop, who pulls up but Bobby Hall rolls down his window saying, would you like? Would you boys like a ride home? It was very cold outside, probably minus 30 drove us right into the north end Stella's and McKenzie to be exact and dropped us off I remember the story to this day I used uh uh, my mic, I, I know this, <laughs> he's just commenting on spelling. It's okay, I got it. Uh, true story, may rest in peace, just to add that story. He also gave us hockey sticks and autographed them. And to my uh, my father cut in half and, and stuck it in between the garage doors so nobody could break into our garage. Very nice. Thanks a lot, Dad. Um, that one from Dan. Thanks a lot for the stories. Keep them coming. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. We'll be right back. More Jets at noon. And we'll talk uh, Lou Korak, uh, blues writer with NHL. Chill.com. He'll be with us. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Oh, thank you, Skylar Pistol, uh, Pistol Peters. And now, not only is Jim Toth away, hopefully back tomorrow, KK is going to be in with uh, for him until 3 o'clock. Uh, Sarah McCarthy also gone. So the Sarah McCarthy one minute power play um, is going to be put on hold for tomorrow. We'll see if we'll get the troops back in action. Uh, but lots to get to today, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Text the show. Uh, talking about the Winnipeg Jets, this one from Aaron Cam. Uh, Jets are seven points out of a playoff spot. Do you think it's possible they could miss the playoffs? That from Aaron. Uh, Aaron, listen, they're not going to keep playing the way that they played against Buffalo and Philadelphia. It's not going to happen. I, I, I just can't believe that this is going to be the norm of this team. They, they've done too good for too long this season to all of a sudden completely fall apart. Do they have things they have to fix? Yes, 100%. The last two games have been dismal. I don't think anyone is going to be challenging anybody on that. I think if you ask the Jets themselves, I know that if you ask the Jets themselves, they would say that. Um, they're going to figure this out. They are. If they play like they played against Philadelphia and Buffalo for the rest of the year, which they're not going to do, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're, they're not going to. But they're going to figure it out. They're going to fix this, and it's going to start tonight. I don't know if I'm going to – should I make some sort of brash and wild and crazy um, uh, guesses here? May, make some make, – make a stand here that this, the Winnipeg Jets are going to win tonight? I'm not going to make that. Usually I'm very bullish on this sort of thing. I'm not going to do that right now, but the Jets are going to figure this out. They're going to figure this out. And they're going to be playing the uh, St. Louis Blues uh, tonight. The pregame show gets going at 5 o'clock puck drop at 7 right here on 680 CJOB. And I'm joined now by Lou Korak, Blues writer with NHL.com. Uh, Lou, how you doing? Thanks so much for doing this. Good, I'm fine. How are you? Good, good, good. Happy to have you back on the show. So I was looking at the Winnip- at the St. Louis Blues and this is a team that is, to me, a little confounding. And maybe you can help me out here. Who are the St. Louis Blues in the 2022-2023 season? Because sometimes they're really good, and then sometimes they're not so good. Is that is that fair, Lou? And maybe you can help unpack that a little bit more. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, they've, you know, look, they've lost four games in a row now. And uh, you've lost to two of the bottom feeders in the league. And that doesn't spell good. It's not a good spell when you're, you know, see you right around the horizon, the trade deadline. And right now you're on the outside looking in. But it's crazy to think because 
right before they lost these four games in a row, they played the Nashville Predators, who've been playing very, very well. And even with the guys that the Blues at the time had out of their lineup, which included Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Tory Krug, um, I can go on and on. Bortuzzo was out of the lineup that night. They arguably played one of the best games I've seen them play all year. I mean, from from back on out, just completely dominated the game and won five to two. And truth be told, it could have been a lot worse than that. Um, since then, you know, it, it's been a complete 180. But they've had moments in games like, great example, Saturday in Colorado, once again, for the fourth straight game, this is what's crazy to me. You've fallen behind three to nothing in a game. It's just not winning hockey. <laughs> it's just not sustainable to be able to do to try to come back from three and four goal deficits, which they've also faced in, in this uh, recent slide as well. Then they turned it on in the second half of the game and actually had great chances to tie that game up and perhaps even win it. They had Colorado on their heels. Mm. But that's just it. It's been too up and down, not just for that game, but for an entire season. They're a game below 500 right now. They've basically told the hockey world they're a 500 team. And so I basically just tell people they are who they are. And this is what they've been, and their record indicates it. What's their psyche? Like, What's the mental side of the game for them right now? I don't think it's very good. And, and I think it starts with the veterans because it's almost like they're dumbfounded as to what's going on hmm. and what has been going on. Um, you've got too many guys in that locker room that, you know, have that been there, done that uh, mantra and mentality. And for whatever reason or not, and I wish I could, you know, pinpoint this for you because a lot of us to cover the team, we really can't. Um, they, they just can't seem to figure this out. It's, it's turnovers. It's puck play. It's defensive zone coverage, particularly in the slot area. Uh, it's, it's a number of things. They just don't seem to consistently be able to figure it out. And when they make a mistake, pucks tend to wind up in the back of their net. Next thing you know, heads start to drop. And um, I get it. They've had, uh, they've had a rash of injuries, and they've had a rash of injuries for a bit now. O'Reilly is still out. He's going to be out tonight. Uh, Robert Thomas looks like he's going to be out again. Uh, you know, took an unfortunate puck to the groin area a couple of games ago last Thursday in Arizona. Uh, so you're talking, Buchnevich is out of the lineup uh, tonight as well. You're talking about key pieces here. But you know what? You know, they, they continually talk about you can't make excuses. It's got to be the next man up. Teams are in the same boat. You know, Colorado, you know I mentioned Colorado earlier. Look, they're a perfect example. Look at the personnel they've had out of the lineup but you know what you continue to trudge on uh they've had these challenges to deal with but i think these are some of the issues that they've had to deal with as well the blues i'm talking about when they've had their full personnel so uh time's running out on them uh, they better start to figure it out quick or you're going to see some of these names that they have uh, in their lineup doug armstrong's gonna have to take a good hard look at what they could get for some of these guys and if they're if they're offers that he can't refuse He's, this is going to have a completely different uh, change uh, of a makeup of a team come March uh, after March 3rd. Yeah, and, and you have O'Reilly. I mean, the captain of the team, he's saying, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to, I want to be in St. Louis. This is where I want to be. Um, uh-huh. And and decision just might have to be made that he's going to have to get moved. And every time I hear anyone talk about, about Doug Armstrong and some of the players, I mean, Tarasenko, they got some big UFA guys that could come out there with some big prices. There's no doubt uh, come the March, uh, I mean, come the, come the March 3rd deadline here. 
But there's sort of this idea that I keep hearing from Doug Armstrong where it's kind of he's hesitant because of the year that they won the Stanley Cup and the spot that they were in during that season. Um, I mean, do you think that maybe Doug Armstrong is a little hesitant? Is do, do you? I mean, what was the team like at this time of the year, that year that they did end up going towards the Stanley Cup? And is, is maybe Doug Armstrong uh, justified to kind of still be very hesitant to say that he's going to be making moves or not? No, because I think I think he understands that this roster compared to that roster, uh, that roster was a lot stronger. You had, you know, let's face it, you know, you've got guys right now that are playing that really – in, in my estimation, in my opinion, are, are guys that you basically plug and play. And right now you have guys in the lineup that are having to play third line, second line minutes, uh, second line D pairing minutes. Uh, it's it, it's quite, a, quite a different contrast. I think that roster back then knew what it was, knew it was a lot better than what it was playing, and finally just figured they started to figure things out. It's plain and simple. I, I just think these guys right now are at a crossroads, crossroads, excuse me, where I don't think they can figure it out, and, and I'm not sure that they can. So uh, I think he understands that. I, I, that's why I think he wanted to use the month of January as a gauge to give them really one last shot of trying to salvage something here. It's 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 going to be an awfully tough climb for them right now because you're six and seven in January, and when we talk to him at the beginning of the month, and Doug Armstrong hasn't spoken to us quite often this year um he talked about you know he wanted to give this team a chance to see and the words he used he goes maybe we go on a bender well Mm. that bender hasn't happened and you're a below you're a game below 500 you're a game below 500 on the season and for the month so i think he understands what's going on here and you know you're you're probably going to have to you're going to have to make boy if you take this all the way down to March 3rd, you're going to have to probably win the majority, if not all, your games, and that's just going to be difficult to do at this yeah, point. Yeah, they're running out of runway, and they got to, they got to make some moves here. I mean, they're going to have. You're exactly right. They're going to have to go on one heck of a on a run here to even you know have a sniff towards the playoffs. Just the situation it is with the overtime points and all that sort of thing. What does Jordan Bennington have to do with sort of the difficulties the St. Louis Blues are in right now? You know what? As crazy as this sounds, they would be in a lot worse position if it hasn't been for his play. Now, I know maybe, you know, your listeners in Winnipeg may think, well, his numbers don't look very good. And I understand that. But I can honestly tell you that his numbers are deceiving compared to what really the kind of play he's been bringing. I mean, when you're talking about a guy and I understand you can you can look at the stat and I know it's out there for shots saved above that's why I'm asking the question right now, Lou, because that's exactly what I saw this morning. It doesn't look very good. And I understand that, but if you can actually see the kind of grade A chances that he is facing every game, I don't care who you are. It's just not going to be sustainable. Um, And you see what he, you know, he gets into a little bit of a, a scrum there and kind of stirs the pot in that game. But you know what? He's done that a couple of times this year and it seems to wake the team up. And my question would be, why does it take, a goalie to have to get involved in a skirmish in order to get your group going. These are the kinds of things that have been going on. And, um, and I, and I can honestly say he, has he been top notch at his best all the time? No, but for the majority of the season, he has been really good and, and has kept this team in games and given them opportunities to win. Thoughts on the game tonight. 
Uh, well, <laughs> you're, you're looking at you're looking at two teams, and, yeah. and and I heard what you were saying earlier, and you know Winnipeg's still in a good position, but you know they've scuffled the last couple of games here, mm-hmm. and uh, you would expect them to as well as they played. When you look at a, a totality body of work, you would expect them to get out of it. Loser in more dire straits. I mean, they they have to be. If you're looking at the two teams, they have to be the more of the desperate team out of the two because mm-hmm. of the situation that they're in. But on the other hand, it's it's probably a bad thing for them because you're looking at a Winnipeg team that wants to right the ship before they get into the All Star break here as well. Yeah. So I would expect I would expect a low scoring game tonight and two teams that are that really want to lay it on the line and 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 go all out and try to get the two points before they head into the All Star break here. Don't leave any gas in the tank. You're gonna have a lot of time to to refill it here. The Winnipeg Jets not going to play again until February 11th when the Chicago Blackhawks are in town. Lou Korak, uh, he's a Blues beat reporter for NHL.com among many other things. Lou, thanks so much for your time. Always appreciate it. You take care. Okay. Absolutely. You take care as well. Uh, There goes Lou. Uh, Awesome stuff uh, from him, as always. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets projected lineup, of course. The pregame show gets going at 5 o'clock. Puck drop at 7 against the St. Louis Blues. Projected lineups. uh, We'll see how this goes. Um, There was no line rushes in terms of uh, uh, the morning skate today. Um, I, I'm not sure what the lineup is going to look like and what the lines are going to look like. I think I think it's going to be put into a blender here. If there's going to go back to maybe some old success, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, what I can tell you is it looks like Capobianco is going to draw in for Logan Stanley. Uh, Logan Stanley was out there for a little extra work. Mason Appleton uh, could potentially uh, be ready, not today, uh, still in a contact non-contact uh, uh, sweater. So I think you can expect Mason Appleton back after the All-Star break. Uh, Connor Hellebuck uh, in the uh, starters rotation. And Dylan DeMello, he's going to remain out for uh, with lower body issues. Let's take a break. Let's come back. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Uh, getting stories, of course, uh, Bobby Hall passing away today the golden jet gary says my fondest memories were being a kid and going downtown um to go to baldy northcott's the original hockey store to look at and admire the rows of northland hockey sticks with the curve uh, that made even a 14 year old wonder how he could control the shot and passing as well as he did fantastic uh and uh, person and uh, will sorely be missed that from gary um, and this one uh, from Loot in Seattle. We'll just go into break and I'll, I'll read this story here. I have tears in my eyes knowing he came to my outdoor game. Speaking about Bobby Hall in Saskatoon in 1975. I have a signed photo he left by my equipment bag in the clubhouse. My greatest hockey story is that I heard my coach was picking up Bobby Hall, who I knew of, for a Saturday a.m. Kiwanis breakfast event. So another guy was coaching Saturday, like at around 9 a.m. I look over and see my coach and Bobby in a fur coat standing in a snowbank, waving at us on the ice. In a magical moment, I took the center face off and won it, skated around a few players, and scored on a breakaway. I got to skate by Bobby and my coach with my arms up, ever so proud. There is my Winnipeg Jets hero, number nine, clapping with his best smile for me. Next shift, I look over, um, and like a dream, they were gone. Uh, but he saw me score my best goal ever. That from Loot in Seattle. Text to show 204-780-6868. You can also talk about the game. This one from Barry. Hey, Jim and Cam, Jets need the all-star break for a couple of reasons. One, to reset the effort and close the bakery. The Jets have too many turnovers. Oy vey, you're absolutely right about that one, Barry. And this one from Bill. Uh, hey, your Winnipeg, your St. Louis guest, uh, Luke Korak, uh, sure seemed to describe a mirror universe of the Jets' recent play, including the puck to the groin incident. We'll be right back. 
Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Final three minutes of the show, 204-780-6868, St. Louis Blues, Winnipeg Jets, pregame at 5, puck drop at 7 right here on 680-CJOB. Jim Toth uh, missing an action today. KK is going to be in for him, with him, uh, for him, I should say, not with him, but for him, uh, and from 1 until 3. Text message about the Winnipeg Jets over the last little bit. Um, yeah, bad games against Buffalo and Philadelphia. You look to right the ship tonight against St. Louis. This is from Dollard. I look at this team uh, is basically what we saw last year. Our bottom four are different. This e- team is so easy to pressure and forced to make bad plays. You can count on one, ta- one hand how many times we have a man in front of our net for more than two seconds. Out in five games is very real. Thanks. That one from Dollard. Well, listen, uh, the team has been easy to pressure and forced to make bad plays the last couple of games. But I would also say that they haven't needed to be forced to make bad plays because they've just made bad plays on their own. The Winnipeg Jets. They're going to write the ship, everybody. Okay, let's 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 not lose our heads here. But I really appreciate the the text message, Dollard. And listen, the Winnipeg Jets haven't they've been forced to they have been forced to make bad plays, but they made a heck of a lot on their own. Uh, this one, uh, Jets are rolling until they took out Sandberg and put in Ville, then Stanley. It's been four or five games now, and when it started going Saturday, Ville was minus three or minus four that uh, first game that he played. Well, listen, I, I think the Winnipeg Jets, in terms of their defense, I, I, I just think that they're going to need to find a, uh, at least a really good, solid depth piece at the deadline. I, I, you know, we had um, um, a Darren Dreger on the program on Friday, and he said the Winnipeg Jets are still trying to figure out what they need, uh, and I actually do believe that's true, 100%. I think the Winnipeg Jets are still trying to figure out what they need at the deadline. I'm sure everyone's listening to the show right now uh, is going to be saying, well, they need this, they need that. Uh, One thing I certainly think they need is depth on the blue line. They need to bring in a real solid defenseman and perhaps somebody else, uh, a veteran, that they can bring in as a depth piece at a very minimum salary and stuff like that. So I'm 100% uh, with you on there. Um, And this one from, from Ted. Uh, my condolences, and, and of course, uh, the Golden Jed, Bobby Hall, passed away today. Uh, Cam, I sent my condolences to Bobby's family and put the uh, put him, uh, and thank him for putting Winnipeg on the map. Winnipeg would just be another Saskatoon or Regina if it wasn't for Bobby Hall. Uh, this one from Jordo, uh, biggest Hall fan ever. He was my hero, my favorite player of all time. No WHA, Bobby Hall, no NHL team. Simple as that. Flawed human being, uh, but today only positive thoughts. Yeah, it's certainly flawed, and... Um, you know, he said some terrible things and, and apparently has done some terrible things. But you know what? Uh, from looking at all these text messages I'm getting here, um, nobody's black and black and white. And what I'm seeing is a lot of text messages from a lot of people here um, for when they were kids. Bobby Hall made a big impact on them and made their day and, and took time out of his day to sign autographs and make sure that they had something special. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I'm not so sure that today's NHLer is that involved in this sort of thing. So maybe a lot of the things that Bobby Hall is, is accused of or has done, I, I can't excuse. Um, but I see a lot of really wonderful moments that he made for a lot of kids in this city. And I can't say that that's a bad thing. Um, puck drop at 7 o'clock pregame right here on 680 CGLB. Jets, St. Louis. Please win. Please win tonight. Make my job a lot easier tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.